Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back. Welcome back to the Mid-Watch Mania Wrestling Show. I'm your host, Tori and Meech. I'm joined today by Mason Stillwag. And before we start everything, I want to send a rest in peace, uh, love and condolences, prayers to the families of Terry Funk and Bray Wyatt. Before we get started, I'd like to start us off with some words from uh, Terry Funk talking about his experience in Japan. So for a lot of folks out there that may be 40 and under, you guys got introduced to Terry Funk when he came to WCW and his feud with Ric Flair and then his hardcore time in the WWF and ECW, him winning the championships uh, with Cactus Jack uh, at WrestleMania. You, you might know Terry Funk from being 45 and older. Prior to that, Terry Funk was the biggest wrestler in the freaking world. Uh, huge star in Japan, huge star in the territories, could be a baby face, could be a heel. Uh, he could go heads up with anybody, was a performer's performer, had the crowd, uh, had the crowd. And he was one of the first big stars in America to go to Japan. So I want to play some audio uh, from an interview Mr. Funk did uh, talking about how he got big in Japan. You started in Japan in 1969. Can you tell us how that happened? How'd you get hooked up with, with Baba? Well, I got hooked up with Baba because he came to uh, came over here looking for a, a promotion that he could uh, trust and a promotion that he could deal with and a promotion that he respected. He respect, when I say respect, respected their talent and respected the way that they handled and treated professional wrestling. And he picked us, and rightfully so. I think that we were a great choice. And so when you hear him referring to Baba, he's talking about uh, Giant Baba, one of the greatest uh, legendary Japanese promoters. Uh, him, uh, Antonio Inoki, two of the big legendary promoters in Japan that brought uh, acts like Terry Funk and Hulk Hogan over to Japan, exposed them to the crowds and helped them bring uh, wrestling mainstream. And so when I'm talking about uh, this guy, he had a 50-year active wrestling career. Uh I want to say his last name ring competition might've been like 2014, 2016, but 50 years, 50 years in the business, uh, recently passed away, uh, a legendary figure in the game, Mr. Terry Funk. Uh, so uh, just want to ask you, uh, Mason, uh, what, what do you know about Terry Funk and, and, and what did you get introduced to uh, uh, the legend of hardcore and uh and then you have any words to say about the uh, legacy of, of Terry Funk? I mean, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head when you said most people under 40. So um, I kind of fell into the same time frame that, that you described. Uh, a brief introduction to him in WCW. I think I was very young at that time. But once he came over to WWF, and even when he got into ECW, I feel like that's when I was kind of introduced to him and his style. And I didn't really know a lot about him prior to. Um, but he's definitely, like you said, he had a 50-year active wrestling career. Like, the dude was around forever. And he was old forever. So I feel like he... He had a good run, you know, he definitely left his mark on the industry and 
without him, things would definitely be a lot different than they are in different areas, I'm sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that was that was, you know, one of his uh, his taglines was forever, you know, and people talk about Terry Funk and, and the Funk family, the legacy they always say is forever, you know, and and his dad was in the business. His brother was in the business. He's in the business. Uh, and, and that's the kind of thing, you know, that's the kind of things that uh, that that draws me to the to the sport is is it's always been about family, you know, like no matter how you slice it, it's like. You get to see a dad do something and a kid could follow in their footsteps if they want to get into some other aspect or, or always find some way to be involved. It's like, yo, bring your kid to work day, you know, like you get to you get to go to work with your kid and watch your kid fight Hulk Hogan. You watch your dad fight Hulk Hogan or something like that. Right. It's, it's, it's the wildest thing ever, man. But um, yeah, I, I think uh, a lot of us, we, we really came into uh, Terry Funk when he came to WWF. Uh, Competed at the Rumble, had a brief uh, few with Stone Cold Steve Austin on Shotgun Saturday night. I would put that footage up, but um, it will get me yanked. It will get this whole show yanked. So I'm not, I'm not beefing with WWF today. And so uh, went on to compete in the Rumble. Uh, carried ECW on their back when ECW was was failing. He got a call from Paul Heyman, uh, and that's after he got let go by WCW. Uh, got out of the, the WWF situation because they, you know, he was older, right? Goes to ECW and legitimizes that brand, you know, essentially uh, puts that brand on the map with his feuds with uh, Shane Douglas uh, for the hardcore title and, and, and for the ECW championship and, and Sabu uh, and then coming back to WWF and having a second run with uh, Cactus Jack. You don't get that in basketball. We can't call Joe Montana up to go play in the Super Bowl, right? We can't get Jordan to come and, and, and play two minutes in the NBA finals. But wrestling is the one place where you could take somebody whose heyday is past and you can still give them uh, a taste of that glory again. You can give them that fix. You can be 50 years old and you can walk down that aisle, come back in that ring, get that pop from the crowd, do a, a bionic elbow on somebody and dip out. And it's like you're 25 again. And, and the fans still respond the same way, you know? And I think that's, that's one of the things that's special. And that's one of the things that uh, Terry Funk was able to do and show us that's possible uh, over the course of 50 years, able to reinvent himself multiple times, play multiple characters, multiple angles, uh, and still be a draw, you know, still be somebody sought after for interviews, still be somebody that's seen as a, a mentor, you know? So uh, I'll just leave it at that, man. Um, and I'm I'm only 41, right? And and I I had to go back and watch uh, Terry Funk uh, matches, right? Like on VHS or or when the internet came out. Uh, so I'm I'm not some super historian. I'm I'm only in the Terry Funk in the last 15 years, maybe when the WWE Network was available, right? That's how I got into it, and that's how I got into his matches, and then what he did in Japan. So. Uh, super, super important figure in the business and uh, definitely will be missed. Um, and then we also uh, had another tragic loss, 36-year-old uh, uh, William Rotunda, uh, known as Bray Wyatt, passed away from a, uh, a heart attack uh, related to after effects of COVID. So this was uh, an unexpected loss, something that we were talking about on the show prior about a week prior, weeks prior, to, he was scheduled to come back, was making a good recovery. Um, they put out that he was uh, battling a life-threatening, career-threatening illness. I think I said on the show a couple times, 
I think it's this. I think it's COVID. Um, but uh, he had a, a heart attack and uh, and passed away in the world. Uh, was kind of shocked. You don't expect that from someone young. You don't expect that from someone that has access to the best medical care, the best doctors, the best monitoring. And you can see, you know, like, the time in the limelight is short. You can have a career like Terry Funk that spans 50 years and then make this great impact, or you could be 36 years old and have the light for six years and make a still huge, similar impact on people, be legendary. And, and it's only a sport like this where you'll be talked about in the same breath, held in the same regard as somebody like that. And it's based on the, uh, the, the people that you can uh, impact and touch. And I know you are uh, probably have a better uh, knowledge of, 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 of Bray Wyatt and, and William Rotunda, uh, the many characters he's played. Uh, do you have any, any thoughts, uh, anything you want to say uh, briefly right now in the memory of uh, Bray Wyatt? Yeah, I mean, it was um, pretty unexpected, I would say. Like, we, we knew he was sick for a while, but there a couple of weeks ago, I want to say his dad had put out a statement that he was doing better and he was expecting him back soon. So I think it was a pretty big shock. And like you said, especially with all the monitoring capabilities, the medical care, everything we have now, um, you know, sometimes things are just unavoidable, though. And when it's your time, it's your time. But he definitely, in a very short span, left a, a huge mark on the industry as a whole. As you've been seeing over the last 24 hours, like people from every different promotion and the promotions themselves have been even honoring his memory and his, his contribution to the industry. So, you know, he'll be missed for sure. Yeah, But uh, I don't they... think he'll ever be forgotten no uh can you can you bring the mic closer to you yeah. uh yeah so i think one one of the things that stood out for me about bray wyatt is uh, how much of a family man he was uh you always saw him with his kids with his family with his his uh his lady his daughters uh girl dad so i'm always gonna feel a certain type of way about that uh, when you become a parent, that just instantly changes you. So anybody you see as a parent, you instantly empathize with them for everything, right? Um, with the fans, you know, when, when, when he's not in the ring, just super respectful, super nice, always out there for him. Uh, when you listen to his interviews, you know, his thing was he was trying to make something memorable, trying to be authentic, uh, you know, so not going for the, 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 the big moves that you would remember. But those those moments, those words, those and that's what he was like. He was great at speaking, at creating a narrative, at telling a story. Uh, the promos with John Cena, that some of the best, some of the best work in history. Uh, the promos with John Cena, the, the Firefly Funhouse match. They did a freaking scripted theatrical wrestling match and it worked. It worked. You can go back and watch that match now, and you and you and you. There's no crowd. There's no crowd, and this guy tells the freaking story of John Cena, and then tells how John Cena went wrong, and then you understand his entire beef with John Cena, and you're like, wait a minute, he's not the bad guy. 
Cena is. <laughs> you know, Cena does change his merch every month, whether he's wrestling or not. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you, you know, like just little stuff like that. You're like, yo, this guy is is excellent at storytelling, you know, second, third generation wrestlers, brothers in the business as well. Uh, Bo Dallas, who, who just got back involved um, with the Uncle Howdy character, uh, was a mentor to uh, Braun Strowman, you know, was was mentored by Cody Rhodes in NXT, you know, so uh, helped break L.A. Knight into the mainstream WWE, you know, with LA Knight's first big feud, which the match we all complained about, the Mountain Dew Pitch Black match, you know, if that's his last match, it's like, that wasn't even a bad match. Like, you, you, you were with LA Knight. <laughs> and before that was Extreme Rules. And that's when he came out and, and broke character, told what was going on. Uh, and you got the crowd chanting, you know, thank you, Bray. And you look at his last, I guess, year or two when you, you kind of see what's going on. He's off the camera, um, but he's coming back every now and then. And he's giving us these great moments and then it's gone, you know, and it's like. That's what that's that man's legacy, you know, is that even even through it's kind of like with Chadwick Bozeman, right? Even through the two years of, of you're going like, you know, you're going. Right. And you're still entertaining us, man. Like you're still giving back to us when you don't have to, it should, it should all be about you right now. You should be selfish. You should be completely selfish right now. And you're still finding a way to give back. And that's the same thing with this guy. He's, he's, he's battling a life-threatening disease that we've seen 600,000 plus people die from. I got coworkers that died from it. I got people in the Navy that fucking work with that passed away from it school makes that pass away from it co-workers now getting it co-workers now that's dying from it and shit like that right and then you see somebody who you you, you see play this character that's like invincible you know and, and then and that's on tv and then it's like real life you have the best access to everything and when it's your time it's your time man and it's like the one thing that uh bray wyatt william rotunda was adamant about is being mindful about your time and how long you have that platform and what you're doing with it and what you're trying to express, what you're trying to convey, trying to make that emotional connection. And I think that's why he's able to uh, connect with fans, connect with critics, people that don't like the sport, like the character, the character itself from Bray Wyatt, the boy that was lost in the woods to uh, uh, the Fiend to the Firefly Flint House to him coming back as just Bray Wyatt uh, and everything he was able to do to people he was able to include the people he was able to elevate you know and this is a guy who was Husky Harris this is a guy who was Husky Harris on the NXT you know and you, and, 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 and part of uh, Nexus and, and you see what happened to all those guys and he, he goes back and reinvents himself this is his own character reinvents himself, plays himself, involves his family, his friends, and you, and you see things go to the moon. You see everybody, Daniel Bryan, Randy Orton. You got to look at some of the guys, some of the people that, that, that came in <laughs> to the fold and were able to frick, like, there's no yeah movement. There's no yes movement without Bray Wyatt, you know? Randy Orton. Like, does he have that career resurgence without him 
getting that having that tag from Bray Wyatt. You know, there is there's there's so many uh, ways he he's woven himself into the fabric in six years, eight years. You know, he's 36 years old, been out, been out for two years. So 34 is when it stopped, really. Right. So you got. Husky Harris to 2022. And that's what that man was able to do. That, that's the body of work he was able to create, you know. And so for me, I look at it as, as inspirational. You know, it's like you got a guy doing this thing for 50 years. You got a guy doing it for 15. Both able to make uh, a lifelong connection with people. And, and that's something that, you know, we're in the military, right? You do that same thing. You, you work a job for three years, make lifelong friends, man. Same way you would if you did the same thing for 30 years, right? And it's just about making that emotional connection, man. And that's that's why we that's why we we watch wrestling, man. You know, that's why we watch wrestling. You know, so uh, the same way people thank me for my service, I always thank wrestlers for their service, man. So thank you for your service, I appreciate it. You know, I couldn't do what I do if you guys didn't do what you did. Um, and so with that being said, we'll we'll go ahead and go into Monday Night Raw, which uh, I'm gonna tell you, man, Monday Night Raw was 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 fucking amazing <laughs> i'm past the 10 minute point so i can curse now but holy shit <laughs> yo monday night raw uh was was fucking incredible you know monday night raw is incredible uh i'm gonna start with you what were your thoughts on monday night raw because first off they're they're still in canada right they're still in Canada. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a great show. They, it was definitely um, firing on all cylinders. I would say the the in ring performances, the story progression, the the promos that were done. Um, overall, the whole show I thought was great. Uh, the matches, especially, were really great. The Chad Gable and Gunther match, I think, definitely stole the show but um the work with the judgment day everything all around i think the whole show was was great uh, and i really i like the way they're they're weaving jd mcdonough into into the fold here with things and i'm, I'm curious to see which direction they're going to go with it but um you know raw was definitely one of the better ones for a while yeah yeah i mean because uh first you know you got the return of kevin owens uh, Sami Zayn, I'm all about that, right? Cause it's like, yo, when when when, when are they coming back? When's it coming back? When's it coming back? Um, and then I, I just saw a, a, a freaking um interview, Kevin Owens, Ariel Hawani, shout out to the goat. Um, just saw an interview, Kevin Owens, Ariel Hawani, and KO was talking about the time he took away from the business and letting his body heal and his mind heal. And I'm like, damn, man, this guy's really fucking hurt. You know, and I'm like, he's probably really hurt right now. Like, like, did you see the freaking big like hematoma on Sami Zayn's elbow? Yeah, he's still Jesus been going Christ. with that. Yeah. And so I'm looking and it's like, yo, these guys are freaking beat up, bro. Like <laughs> these guys are really beat up. And uh, and I didn't think he was coming back. And then, you know, the music hits and then, bam, that's what you get. Right. Um, and the judgment day. Right. Like, I feel like I've called it, you know. I love what I'm seeing. These guys are all over the place. Uh, they're going to break up. Damian Priest is staying right where he is, but it's going to be a separate judgment day. 
it's either going to be a separate judgment day or Damian Priest is going with the LWO. Like that's all it's going to be. That's all it's going to be. You know, that's, that's all it's going to be. That's all that I can see, you know? And so I like it. You got JD McDonough just fucking up, right? Just, and, and it's like, yo, Finn Balor brought him along. So anything that he does, it's like, bro, it's your fault. Like you brought this knucklehead in here. Like yeah. we didn't want him around. You brought him around. And if he fucks your matchup, he fucks your matchup. Don't blame it on us, right? And so you you got that going on, right? Um, and, and let's just start. Let's let's just start uh, with the big stuff, right? So we'll talk about uh, New Day beating Matt Riddle and Drew McIntyre. One expecting that. One expecting that. Um, but I like it. I like it. And I, I hope. I hope they're. I hope the new day is, is going to stay around, right? I hope I hope everybody's healthy, and I hope they're going to let the tag division start to uh, gain a little bit of steam. Um, I do not like Matt Riddle and Drew McIntyre as a team. I don't like McGriddle. I don't like McGriddle. Um, I think they're great competitors. I think they're great competitors, man. But I'm just not sure it's going to work, man. Because I, bro, I, I'm. I don't. I don't want to say I'm. I'm kind of like tired of Matt Riddle, but I'm kind of tired of Matt Riddle right now. <laughs> Or I need Matt Riddle to turn heel, man, because I'm just tired of it, man. Uh, any, 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 any thoughts on the uh, <laughs> New Day and uh, McGriddle match? The New Day McGriddle match. <laughs> the New Day I, McGriddle. That sounds like a fucking menu item, McDonald's. Yeah, the New Day McGriddle. <laughs> it sounds delicious too. Um, I know. I really like the the Mc, McRiddle name. I thought was was clever. It, you know, it's not official, but I think it, it should be. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I would say I think it's going to work either because I have been also tired of Matt Riddle for a long time. Uh, you know, at first it was kind of funny, the bro stuff and the whole, you know, stoner vibe thing he's got going. But I feel like it's it's kind of played out right now. And like you said, they need to turn him heel or do something with that to get that over. Yeah. Uh, that being said, I think uh, the new day looked great coming out. I was happy to see them back. Um, Xavier is always bringing new hairstyles, so he's always pretty yeah. interesting to see what he's got going on. But I, I feel like during I that, hate that match, hairstyle, dude. <laughs> I feel like I was picking up some vibes of them being a little more on the heelish side. Yes. So I think that if if they do take them in that direction, I I am kind of excited to see where that goes. They started off as a heel group. Yeah, they, they did started initially. off as a group of heels, but they weren't so, over like that. No, they they got over with the comedy doing stupid the fucking bootios and shit. Yeah. Shout out, shout out, yo man. We miss you, Biggie. We need you out there. We got to get him on commentary or something, bro. We got to get the guy on commentary or something, man, because that guy's fucking funny as hell. But um, if they turn the New Day heel, I'm here for it. If they turn Matt Riddle here, I'm here for it. Turn everybody heel. <laughs> Too many baby faces. You got Cody Rhodes to face. I need everybody to fucking fuck Cody Rhodes up right now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> I can't have him coming out here trying to be the fucking white knight, getting involved in everybody's shit. So I need everybody to fucking, <laughs> hey, hey, bro. You want to be Jason Statham? You want to be fucking, uh, you want to be, what's my man, an old boy? You, you, you want to fight everybody? You know, okay, so we're going to turn the whole fucking Raw roster against your goofy ass, all right? I love you, Cody Rose, but stay the fuck out of Judgment Day business, all right? Get some fucking warning. 
But um, but nah, that's the thing, man. So turn them all heel. Uh, speaking of heel turns, one that I fucking said a while ago, and I, this is why I know they're listening to me, dog. I know they're listening to me. Piper Niven. Piper Niven. I fucking said it. Episode one. Said it. Episode two. Piper Niven. Turn her heel. Let her start fucking shit up. And then when they had that, um, I think it was either Money in the Bank or some fucking uh, battle road. She was just in there wrecking the fuck out of people. I'm like, okay, they're going to let her start squashing people. And then they come in here. She just fucking takes over as a tag part of a Chelsea Green, which I said they should get Piper Niven. She does her thing. And then she fucks up uh, Katana and Chance or Carter and Chance. Uh, what do they call like party next door or some shit like party over? I don't even know what their official party is. party people some shit. I don't know. Two short fucking people, dog. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> short as fuck. SAF short as fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's what it is. American Ninja Warriors. Jesus Christ. And so um, and they and they fucking squash the shit out of them. Uh, and I'm like, yo, great. And then she carries out Chelsea Green on her shoulder. That's the kind of shit I like, man. Your thoughts on the new, the new improved Piper Niven? Uh, I like it. I've I've always been a fan of her in-ring work since UK. She's always been great. Mm-hmm. It's just she's always been missing that character development. I think. And even in UK, she didn't really have a lot of character. And then they brought her over here and changed her name to Dewdrop. And they were just trying to completely destroy her character at that point. So yeah, that was I, am, I am glad that they let her have her name back and uh, she doesn't have some silly, goofy name that she can have a legitimate name to take forward and try to actually do something with. So uh, I think it'll be good for her. It's good for Chelsea. She's good at working with pretty much anyone they stick her with. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's one of the reasons why she is where she is, because she is so adaptable. Um, but I think it's good. Um it wasn't expected. I know you've been calling it for a while, but <laughs> I did bro, really. I'm on the fucking Piper really Niven train, coming, dog. Choo so, choo. Uh, we need listen. I'm Nia Jax, Piper Niven, uh, Melina. I'm all, I'm all about the big girls, dog. You know what I'm saying? Watch out for the big girls. Watch <laughs> out for the big girls. Watch out for the. Bi- I'm all <laughs> nice. about the big girls, dog. Like, cause they're the. You can't beat them in real life. You know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. You cannot beat them in real life. So when they like allow them to like <laughs> to be themselves, right? Yeah. And squash people, it's like, yes, this shit is real. You know what I'm saying? Because you have weight classes for a reason, right? Yeah. It's like you're not gonna have like Akira Tawazawa beat Brock Lesnar, dude. <laughs> they will damn sure have uh they will. <laughs> <laughs> we come on, bro. They they just had Candice LeRae fight Rhea Ripley, bro. I know that, that was sad, man. Yeah, so that's what <laughs> that I'm was, saying. Like, was sad. they'll try to make us believe some shit like that, man. But it's like, no, I know in real life, Piper Living will fucking demolish ninety percent of his roster, uh, and she's in phenomenal shape. And so it's like, yo, let them let them eat, bro. Let let the fucking big girl eat, bro. And so uh, <laughs> I was happy. I was happy that they that letting her get her fucking wins on. Um, so what we can talk about the Rhea Ripley, uh, Candice LeRae match, Rhea Ripley. The only reason why I'm even talking about this shit is because Rhea Ripley, uh, won by submission, you know, 
an inverted Texas cloverleaf. And then after the match, Raquel Rodriguez came out there and threw a crutch at her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she did. <laughs> yeah, so, so your thoughts on the on Rhea Ripley and Raquel Rodriguez. She rolls every R, bro. Every yeah, R. She, she makes sure she rolls every R. Raquel yeah, Rodriguez and her yeah, title does. shot at payback. Yo, she um, is so fucking big. She is huge. Her back uh, is so fucking big, dog. I'm I'm a little guy. She's bigger than me, bro. I'm 170. <laughs> I'm 175, bro. She's bigger than me. She's bigger she's a, than me. She's a big girl, but she's she's a different kind of big girl than Piper Niven and Nia Jax. Uh, yeah. No, her and Rhea. Her and Rhea oh my yeah. god. They're <laughs> but I don't I don't know, man. They just they don't have me. I haven't been sold on this whole thing from the get-go with Raquel. Be a heel. Yeah, I I can't I can't. You know, when I was introduced to her, it was Herb as Dakota Kai's bodyguard. You know, mm-hmm. she was like a big stoic, hard ass chick to just beat people up. Yeah. And now it's like she's all, she's too friendly now. She's too nice. Because because they they put her with the one who shall not be named Voldemort of the WWF. Uh, they put her with her and made her carry those fucking tag belts, and then yeah. they made her be a face and go out there and kiss babies and fucking hug old people. And and instead of throwing people through fucking chair tables and shit, and yo, she's a beast, bro. She's a beast. She's she a is beast. a beast. She's and a they beast. They just bro. need to let her do that. And putting her up against Rhea right now is not going to do that. With them keeping Rhea in such a heel position, they're going to have to put Raquel against somebody else to turn her for me to actually give too many shits about what she's got. Oh, there's a very easy way they can do it, right? Is you have her fight, Ripley at payback. She gets beat. She gets beat, right? Um, But it's because somebody else interferes, right? Someone else interferes, like a uh, Shayna Baszler, uh, anybody, anybody, anybody (laughs) interferes with the match, right? Ripley gets the win. She gets to be the heel. And now, because... I'm pissed off somebody interfered with my match and I'm already a badass, right? And I already got stripped of the tag belt that I didn't fucking lose. I'm just going to fuck up the person that interfered with my match now and be a fucking heel. And then I'm just going to wreck everybody else into the next PLE and I get my fucking title shot again. And now it's heel versus heel, right? And then, then that's how they turn Rhea face because Rhea loses the belt and then she turns face. Leaves with Dom, go joins the LWO Damian Priest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it all comes back to the new LWO. <laughs> Yo, listen, that's 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 why the writer the writers are on strike right now because of dickheads like me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but no, that that's just my my paranoid uh, conspiracy thoughts, man. But no, I think um, you know, you have somebody interfere with the match. Or you have her lose to Rhea because of interference. You know, of course, Dom interferes. Or, no. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You hit it, huh? Bro, NXT. 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 She has beef with every fucking girl down there, bro. You know what I'm saying? And she was, she just 
fought um I just forgot her name. She just she just fought a girl down there with a the black hair that's kind of muscular as well. Uh, but she just had a title match down there. She comes up, interferes in the match, and payback. Yeah, now, Lyra Valkyria. Yeah, Lyra Valkyria. Lyra Valkyria. I don't know, bro. She's a badass too. So she Lyra Valkyria badass. interferes with the match. She interferes with the match, and now Raquel goes back down to W to NXT, fucks her up, turns heel, comes back up. This is a whole two week process, right? And then bam, <laughs> and then we're good, right? And then we're good, uh, cause cause yo NXT is on fire right now, and it's cause the women women are fucking carrying that shit right now. Um, Shinsuke Nakamura, he uh yes. had a pre tape promo, and uh, the Nakamura heel turn is complete. The, yes. They're listening, dude. This is how they, this is how they watch the show, bro. They're watching the show, <laughs> taking notes from you guys, man. Nakamura turns heel. He talks about I'm gonna break <laughs> Seth's back, and <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm here for. And they're letting them do yeah, the promo too. in Japanese, which makes it Love better that. because that means I'm a real bad guy, and I don't care if you understand me. <laughs> Yeah. Your thoughts on the Nakamura promo? Oh, I love it, dude. I love it. I've been waiting for for them to take him and do something with his talent for a while. And it's it's been nice to to watch the development of this character and to see where it's going from here. I do like that they did the promo in Japanese and just put the subtitles over it. Like you said, I think that it kind of adds to the effect that like he he don't really give a shit anymore about anything. He just wants to break Seth's back so he can take mm-hmm. that title. And and I'm here for it. I'm I'm excited to see where that goes. Can I give and you I, one more? I think he might. I think he might take his title and Seth might take some time off because he does Seth have is taking serious, time off. He has some serious injuries he needs Nakamura to is taking the title. So you 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 will get the credit right now. Nakamura, <laughs> you said it first. Nakamura will take the belt off the of set that payback. I think stamp so. it. Time stamp it right here. Nakamura will take the belt off set. Uh, can I give you one more one more wild conspiracy theory? Yeah. Just don't laugh at me, man. Don't judge me. <laughs> Nakamura needs a stable. Nakamura stable should be Asuka. Kyrie San, EO Sky, it's and possible. Akira Tawazala. And they should make it, they should make it, uh, they should either make it like a strong style stable or like a fucking Yakuza style stable. So not like where the fucking mafia, but like they come in like all business and just fuck shit up, right? Or they just like, do straight strong style shit, Japanese shit, and they run with that wave and that's their stable. But he's at a point now where with or without a belt, he's a draw. The fucking crowd is singing a song, right? But he should be able to have his own stable. You have enough international wrestlers to whereas he could lead a stable. And so for me, I'm like, look, you got people that aren't involved in programs or that could get a push from a guy like that Bro, you have him and Asuka, or you have him with, you know, Kyrie Sane with her coming back, uh, or EO Sky, if damage control breaks up, bro. Come on, man. That's just me. That's just me. Your thoughts on my on my on my fucking dream, Shinsuke Nakamura stable. I think it would be great. And <laughs> it's already crossed my mind over the last week or two. Um, just with a lot of the the Japanese superstars right now being heels. Mm-hmm. 
uh, it has crossed my mind that that would be a fun, interesting stable in a way to spin it, especially since they've been letting a lot of them speak more Japanese on the mic mm -hmm. in the recent months anyways. I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibility. I don't know about EO breaking away from damage control right now. I think they got uh, a really good thing going right now, and I don't think they're going to try to split that up anytime soon. But with, with Kyrie Sane getting signed and coming back, I mean, it definitely could be a possibility, especially with where Asuka's at now, and that was her partner when she left before. So I could definitely see them reuniting again. Yeah. Um, I think the only the only kind of issue would be right now. No, I don't know. I don't think because Asuka is on Raw. Yeah. No, I was thinking because Eo and Damage Control are um, are not. We, we we can we can you know we can leave Eo Sky on Damage Control. She can yeah, be like uh. She, she have to stay over there. They can definitely. She can, she can be a loosely affiliated member. She can be cool. She can be cool by association. I don't know about she can Akira head Probably on, not. Bro. Probably no Tazawa. I, listen, <laughs> my guy got a freaking win. Let's <laughs> let's listen because th this is this is this is a, this is called broadcasting, and that's a segue. So now we're going to talk about my man Akira Tawazawa defeating the Miz via clean <laughs> pinfall <laughs> because the Miz was distracted by the megastar himself. L A night, <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. So I mean, just, it's... just, just his presence at the commentary booth distracted the Miz, you know, and the Miz lost to Akira Tawazawa, an opponent who the Miz said was better and stronger and had a more decorated uh, career than L A Knight. Technically, he's <laughs> he's correct. He, Akira Tawazawa is a former twenty four seven champion, former uh what cruiserweight champion or two hundred five live champion, or whatever. So. The guy can wrestle, but when they folded the division for the little guys, he became a jobber. So uh, him yeah, and the Miz are like bad. battling for the most losses every year. But um, yeah, your thoughts on my guy, the Japanese megastar, Akira <laughs> Tawazawa, the fucking, the, the, the king of all jobbers right now, getting the victory yeah, over the Miz. Just... No, and he's, um, it's good to see, because he is good. He's a good performer. He's good at the ring. They just don't give him the opportunity to do anything anymore. When he first came, he was a hard ass when he yeah. was coming through NXT. And until they started throwing him in the, the ninja outfit and had him chasing, like the comedy routines and whatnot. Yeah, chasing our truth around. Like that kind of takes away from his legitimacy in the ring, you know, because people don't see that anymore. They just see this funny dude that yells a lot and gets beat up all the time. Like, yeah. So it is good to see him get a win. And, you know, we're all used to the Miz losing at this point. It doesn't hurt the Miz to take another L, you know? Yeah. Like, he's already kind of legitimized himself in, in the industry as it is. Uh, so, yeah, it was entertaining. It's fun to see. And um, I, I have been enjoying the Miz and LA Knight little beef that they've been having going back and forth. Uh, they're mm -hmm. both very good on the mic and with promo work and with both of them being good in the ring as well. I think it's it's something I'm a little more excited for than I initially thought. Initially, yeah. I was like, oh, of course, they're going to stick him against the Miz. But 
you know, I like the direction Which I called. going. Yeah, you did. Damn right, because I love The Miz, man. I'm a fucking reality TV fucking whore. So from back in the day, I don't watch the shit anymore except wrestling, right? But um, so, I, I, bro, I grew up watching the real world, man. I, yeah, the challenge. I remember too. All of that shit. So, the, so when The Miz got on Tough Enough, I'm like, yo, that's my guy. And when The Miz, you know, when The Miz endured his hardships, I'm like, yo, that's my guy. And when The Miz got hot, that's my guy. Even when the Miz is cold right now, that's still my guy. Cause yo, he was the Miz, bro. Like he was on fucking, <laughs> he was on the challenge, beating the shit out of everybody else. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So even though he's taking a L every week, it's like yo, I seen him really fuck people up in real life. You know, over five grand. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, I, I see yeah. him getting a fight over not wanting to clean the room or some shit, right? Like, so yo, it's 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 wild, bro. But so I, I I'm I'm cool. I'm glad the Miz and LA Knight are like their promos are are going insane right now. Um, because the Miz can cut a promo. The Miz yeah, can cut a fucking promo, and he is tearing LA Knight's ass up. And if LA Knight was not LA Knight. He wouldn't be winning this battle of the fucking wits, you know. But uh, L.A. Knight yeah. has the comebacks, you know, and he, he has the one-liners and he has he has the history, the track record to back up anything that the Miz says. Um, so if the Miz, you know, says, "Hey, you fucking spent all these years outside of WWE, blah blah blah," it's like, yeah, I was everywhere else, being the top fucking draw with or without a belt, you know. So even when he was when he was an NWA top guy in TNA without the belt, top guy, you know, um, NXT fucking top guy uh and so it's like yo listen he did his thing everywhere else you know and uh and then came back and then once he got his shot you seen what he freaking did you know so yeah their promos going back and forth are great me personally you know how i want to see this end i want the miz and la knight to be on teams i want them to be <laughs> tag team partners that is something i'm very adamant about there is no fucking way la knight and the miz uh, aren't tag team partners there's that that makes no fucking sense like that has yeah. to happen first off i'm gonna say this right now the miz is the greatest tag team the greatest non-tag team tag team wrestler the miz is the best tag non-tag team tag team wrestler like i'm 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 wilding right now him randy orton you know really great at like carrying the belts right with any jericho 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 another great guy right Jericho's another great guy. Big, big show. show, right? It's like, it's dudes <laughs> you can put in it. Kane. Like, you can put yeah. these guys with anyone. And it's like, okay, I fuck with it. Yeah. Right? So, um, yeah, you can put The Miz with anybody. And The Miz will elevate anybody. Right? And he'll let them, he'll let them turn and fuck him up at the end and shit like that, right? <laughs> um, you Like, it, it always happens. You know? And it's like, it's okay. But it's that's how he stays relevant. It's like, yo, bro, if you give me the Miz and you give me LA Knight and they're eviscerating someone together, come on, man. That's like fucking yeah. come on, bro. Could be onto something there. Come on, man. You, you can't do that. That's like that's like fucking Cobra Commander and Destro, bro. Come on, <laughs> baby. <laughs> All right. You give me what I want, cause you know I, I love to see them beef, but when they working together, baby, it's magic, you know. So, so I, 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 I'm gonna love to see this play out. But if you're listening out there, all right, 
Hunter, Paul, you're still there. All right. I need LA Knight and I need the Miz. I need them on teams and I need them to have a full-fledged tag team run. Oh my God. The first off, the tag team name, it's already gonna be something crazy. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? and it'll make sense, right? Because the Miz always has a great tag team name. He always has matching attire, always yeah, has does. great theme music, right? And they always fucking win. Um, bro, the, the fucking Miz and LA Knight against the New Day, the Miz and LA Knight against fucking Sami Zayn and KO, the Miz and LA Knight against fucking uh Alpha Academy against God dang Street Profits. <laughs> McGriddle, because there's so many different styles of matches they can go, and then The Miz is not a bad wrestler. Technically, he could be a high flyer, and you got L.A. Knight can go up against any size guy, essentially, and is athletic. Jump into the top rope, suplex, and fucking Sheamus off, right? So it's like, look, I think those two guys, first off, their match at Payback is going to be sick because they're going to have a full 15 minutes, right? But if you if if if, if the wrestling – genie the wrestling universe is listening to me i'm watching this damn ufc fight it's so fucking insane right now uh max holloway has he has korean zombie in a freaking dart stroke right now uh with like 352 in the second round to go this the first round was on a the feet that was is insane i'm like over here having a heart attack korean zombie is about to get out this oh my god i love ufc a little bit more than WWF in, in wrestling, just a heads up. But uh, yeah, I love mixed martial arts a little more than fucking wrestling. But no, so you give me the Miz, you give me LA Knight, and bro, attack. What what are your thoughts on that, man? The Miz and LA Knight with a with a, a nice six month tag team run. No, am I, I am, am, am I smoking dust? Yeah, I think they could. You know what I'm saying? But like, where I feel like they would have to make them baby faces, though. To pull that off, the Miz um, is a baby face. He can go either way. I think it just kind of depends with the Miz, uh, who he's if the, up Miz, if, the, if the Miz shakes LA Knight's hand, bro, he's a baby face instantly. Yeah, people, people will love him. Yeah, yeah like we'll be like, oh, right. because because we because we like the Miz. Yeah, the Miz can pull off being a baby and we face or- we want the Miz to win. Like even though we enjoy seeing the Miz get fucked up all the time, I love it. Yeah. Bro. I love it. That's because the Miz yeah. had like a he's, he's a double, triple crown winner or a yeah. double grand slam winner. So the Miz has done shit that like Hulk Hogan hasn't done, bro. <laughs> the Miz is like technically one, a Hall of Famer, guaranteed. First Hall of Famer, guaranteed. Um, and it's like, yo, now you're losing, but you are capable of getting a belt and carrying that shit at any, at any moment. Yeah, any moment, like a big show like a Randy Orton, like a Jericho, you know, I like the Miz, man. So even though the Miz is about to get BFT to fucking smithereens, uh, I hope they give them a tag team run. It's probably not going to happen, but I really think it's going to happen because I know, I know that they listen to the show. So let's uh, not forget the Miz was a world champion like two years ago. The Miz multiple time world champion. Not They use the Miz for the whole John Cena, the rock shit. And that's what, that's what old LA Knight, listen, LA Knight is a fucking student of the game, man. You know what I'm saying? So the promo, I'm, listen, my, my freaking, listen, Monday was great. Monday was great. And, and yeah. we hadn't even got to the main event, which was freaking Sami Zayn and KO against Judgment Day, Finn Balor and Damian Priest. 
And then, oh, by the way, Cody Rhodes comes out there, inserts himself into the issue because, you know, they're getting jumped. And then he says, no, I have I have wrestling attire somewhere. Right. Let's have a three man tag match, uh, a six man tag match. Right. And then Adam Pierce, the genius that he is, agrees to it. And then they have a six man tag match. And first off, the tag team match was already great. Yeah, I was already happy. Yeah, I was like, was OK, good. show's over. It's over right now. And yeah. then they said, no, there's more. So uh, your thoughts on this, the, the Judgment Day continuing to run every fucking show as <laughs> predicted by Midwatch Mania and uh, yeah. your thoughts on Cody Rhodes involving himself in Judgment Day business once again. <laughs> Listen, uh, I love you, Cody, but mind your fucking business, bro. He does keep <laughs> inserting himself into your Judgment Day business. But, Dom uh, ain't done with you yet. All right. Yeah, why? Why does he? Why? You have not finished the chapter on Dominic Mysterio. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The yeah. heir to the Lucha Libre throne, bro. Dom ain't done with your punk ass yet, dog. So until Dom says it's over, it ain't over, bro. I'm yeah, I'm judgment date out, bro. I got yeah, the purple on, black and purple right now, man. So you know, you know the vibes, right? So, <laughs> so you're. Oh, I know you love you some Judgment Day. <laughs> but, uh, i'm not i'm not opposed to them i'm not i like, have no reason to <laughs> you're just a hardcore dom fan That's i the- hated them all individually except finn balor but together it makes so much sense and they're all great bad guys yeah they're they're good and i, <laughs> I like them bringing in jd mcdonough whether it's to split finn balor off or whether they end up making okay. him a part of the judgment day i'm cool I- with it either way I got to ask you a question. Uh, you watched Monday Night Raw. Did you watch it live or did you watch it pre-taped or like record it? I watched it the next day. So, so did you did you watch the whole Cody Rose promo when he said this shit about J.D. McDonough? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yo, I almost choked. I'm watching it live, bro. I almost <laughs> fucking choked. I'm like eating pasta and shit. I'm, I'm almost <laughs> fucking choking on the chicken parmesan and shit. Uh, he called him a fucking bobblehead. I never noticed it. Yeah, you look like a Funko Pop. A Funko Pop, right? <laughs> and then I look at him, and I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> he's like a tall midget, like a tall dwarf or something like that, bro. Like, yeah. He's, he's like, no, you know what it is? Like, remember uh, Infinity War Endgame? You seen that movie? Yeah. So when they went to, so when Thor went to go get Stormbreaker made, and you got fucking uh, Tyrion Lannister, <laughs> he's the and, he, and he, he's the fucking Nephilim, the big fucking dwarf that can make the shit, and he's like yeah. a big ass dwarf. That's JD <laughs> McDonough. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Holy shit! Max Holloway just fucking knocked out Korean Zombie, bro. Holy shit! Oh dang! Yes, like walk off fucking knockout type shit and then just jumped into the fucking crowd this isn't like he's fucking like knocked out knocked out they got they got they have like the like he's like knocked out done done yeah this is insane and then this is like crazy because max holloway from hawaii you know he dedicated the fight to uh the lives lost in the maui wildfires ufc yes ufc has like a t-shirt promotion all the proceeds going to the Maui wildfires as well so uh you know love and light and condolences everybody lost uh, and fighting and surviving in Hawaii right now as well. But yeah, I, listen, mixed martial arts, man. I could talk about that shit for 20 hours, bro. I think wrestling is crazy. But yeah, so uh, listen, back to you. Uh, is Cody Rhodes biting off more than he can chew? No, I don't think so. But they also need 
something for him to do. You know what I'm saying? He, Brock Lesnar is going to take a break for a while now, and they need something else for Cody to, to get involved with. And with Judgment Day being at the top of the card in every show, every week, like who better to yeah. mix him up with? And with them being in Quebec and KO coming back, like, yeah. you know, you got to, you got to give the fans, you know, we yeah. want to, we want to give we the fans fuck what Cody. All we want to do is we just want to hear the music and then something, something Cody Rhodes. That's all. That's all you want to do, right? Yeah. I actually know. The, I know the song. My daughter knows the song word for word. Word for word, she can sing that song. Uh, it's insane, right? All the theme songs that she likes, word for word. She's a like me. Everything is is she all the music word for word, right? And so the fans lose their shit. Ko is back. I'm happy, you know. Sammy Zayn with the big ass tennis ball on his elbow. I'm not, I don't know what the fuck, he's, <laughs> right. you know, but but they have to take time off, right? They got to take time off. That's all I'm saying. So all I see is Judgment Day getting rid of all three of them for a while. That's what I see. And then I see Shinsuke Nakamura getting to run Raw for a minute, and the Judgment Day can try to fuck with Shinsuke, and that's when Shinsuke forms his crew. Yeah, because I, right now I could kind of see Finn Balor and JD McDonough taking the tag titles from Sammy and Kevin to give them a break, and then yeah. Judgment Day will have all the gold. Have the money Somehow in the bank, they'll have everything. You got to get the titles off of Sammy and KO, and then split them up somehow. So get the ti- so you got to split the fucking titles up somehow, man. You know, get them all. I got love them. But get them off, and then they can get they the titles the back after they're healed, right? <laughs> yeah, they need to something. <laughs> Shit. Uh, but but yeah, I think I think that that was uh, essentially everything uh, from Monday, and then uh, Wednesday and Thursday came around, and then we had uh, well Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday came around. NXT had a, a PLE heat wave, which is incredible. Uh, but then that was overshadowed uh, essentially the next day by uh, Terry Funk passing away. And then uh, while the world's still recovering, uh, Bray Wyatt passed away as well. And so all the storylines and everything that was planned for SmackDown uh, was canceled, put on hold. And then WWE and uh, Rob Fee, who's one of the main producers for SmackDown, uh, close friend of Bray Wyatt, they put together this amazing television package. Uh, It was about like four, four or five matches maybe um on the card and the night was just sitting around celebrating the lives of bray wyatt and terry funk they had uh la night cut a promo for bray they had cody rhodes cut a, a promo for terry funk this, this is like hollywood level type stuff we're talking here right uh, and then you can even see like the just in the difference, you got the two top guys, right? The two top guys in the company right now, uh, given the the speech for the two guys that you lost, right? Um, you normally wouldn't see that. You would have like a, a ring announcer come out or like Vince come out or something like that. But no, you had Cody Rose, the top guy, come out and speak on. Uh, Terry Funk, you know, somebody he's connected to, somebody his dad's connected to, um, and he's polished and professional as Cody, right? And then you got L.A. Knight giving it for Bray, 
and he's not. He's being himself. He's being Sean Ricker, and you know, and he's telling the real deal about him and him and uh, you know William Rotunda, and he's like, and and essentially this guy, this guy, put him over. This is a former champion, former Universal champion, guy who had an amazing feud with the Undertaker. You know, uh, Goldberg, uh, Roman, everybody, right? Uh, AJ Styles, everybody, everybody, who's who. Everybody, tag team belts, Randy Orton, everybody, Brian Danielson, everybody, right? Uh, Braun Strowman, everybody. And so he comes back in his last match, puts over LA Knight. Incredible. And then LA Knight comes out and, and gives a, a heartfelt speech to him. And, and that, and it didn't, I don't, it both, the momentum of the night wasn't broken, right? So you understand it's not going to be like a full, like, let's go out and fucking do crazy shit, right? But it's like, all right, here's some matches, uh, and here's a bunch of great highlights and moments to these two legends. Um, and and we can, we can, the show must go on, but the show is going to be about them. And I love what they did, and they, and they showed how, you know, these guys were about family and, and giving back and giving back to the sport and to the fans, things like that. And, every, and they, they just said oh, what, what the, you know, they're showing tweets and, and, and it's just like, yo, like it was a really, really, uh, the guy, Rob Fee, he said, Hey, I'm going to do something really, really great. You're really going to like what I'm going to put together. And he was fucking right. You know, and, uh, your thoughts just on the, on the package and just the tone of uh SmackDown coming off of, uh, you know, two huge losses. Well, I haven't got to to watch it back in entirety yet. Um, I did work late last night, so I I've been seeing clips and shots of things that have, that did happen, and overall, it does look like it was a, a good show. And the way they kind of went about structuring the matches based on you know people that had history with Bray and mm-hmm. things like that, I think it was. Uh, it was really nice the way they, they put it together. I'm looking forward to watching it back in its entirety. But, um, and I think one other thing that should be noted uh, when she mentioned giving back was that uh, WWE did come out and say they were going to give uh, 100% of the profits of any of his merchandise sold on the website back to his family. So I think that was a, a beautiful thing and a great gesture on their part uh, as yes. well. Yes, that's uh, amazing. That's amazing on their part. Uh, you don't often hear, like, bro, you don't hear the NBA doing that 100% of the jersey sales from, you know, uh, some retired dude are going to go to his family or his foundation. You don't hear things like that, right? And that's always something that we worry about when it comes to uh, wrestlers and, you know, what their families, you know, how they're going to be taken care of, you know, do the guys get health care? This is something I was talking to my friends about. Uh, you know, he was concerned you know about uh Bray Wyatt's passing and and everything and how you know it could be spun in the media and uh like do they have health care and I want to say for the past 25 years they all have had comprehensive health care uh f- while they're under contract all in ring or injuries were covered now all injuries are covered while you're under contract you don't get released from the contract until you recover from an injury or if you ask to be released from a, an injury so um yeah, so if somebody if somebody is dealing with something they're recovering, they don't get released, they don't they don't do injury cuts, they still get paid, things like that. Uh, they have uh, pensions, 
Uh, they have health care, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but something like this, this is just amazing because it gives the fans the opportunity to truly uh, support the family, right? And it's like, yo, I want to honor this person that I watched for years, and I know 100% of the proceeds are going to go to this person's family. Uh, you don't got to go through a GoFundMe or no other stuff like that. And it's like, yo, listen, this is what's going. This is what's going to happen, right? And it's the WWE universe, you know, worldwide. So. Uh, I'd like to think that uh, the family will be taken care of, you know, from now, you know, forever, essentially, you know, as Terry Funk would say forever, you know, the funk is forever. Uh, WWE universe, you know, like the fans support you forever, you know, so hopefully, uh, you know, the fans uh, show support. I'll be, you know, jumping online to get me a, you know, a shirt as well. And, uh, you know, that that was amazing. So I'm glad you uh you pointed that out as well. But uh going into the show, uh the first thing on the card was Rey Mysterio and Grayson Waller in a non-title match. I have no idea, no idea why the hell this is happening. Right? I get it. So you can introduce Austin Theory into the match. And so at some point, Santos Escobar can come interfere, right? Uh, and then you could kind of either sow the seeds of discontent or say Santa Escobar is still loyal to Ray, right? And that's essentially what happened is uh, Austin Theory came in, interfered with the match, and then Escobar came in and saved Ray, and then Escobar got his leg hit again by <laughs> Austin Theory. Um, and then that happened. And then they said, oh, yeah, by the way, Austin Theory is getting with a title shot at payback. I don't care about that shit. I don't care. But the reason why I do care is because it's going to turn Escobar heel. Because he's going to interfere in the match and cause Ray to belt. Because he's not going to want to fight Ray for the belt, but he wants the belt. So in order to get the belt, he has to make Ray lose. You can see that. It made sense when I said it on the toilet this morning. You know, as I'm pushing one out, I'm like, how do we turn Santos Escobar heel? <laughs> No, I think that's, 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 that's very that's a very likely possibility. <laughs> if, if they are going to turn him heel, then it goes that route. I just want to turn him heel so you can turn the LWO heel. That's all, man. That's all I'm trying to get to. You can't be a heel faction with Rey Mysterio in it. I guess it's yeah. not happening. Not 25 yeah. years into the game. But, uh, you know, the match was good. Like, Rey Mysterio can still perform. Like, insane, 48 years old, he can still do his thing. Um, but essentially, that was it, right? Two guys come in a fair and they say Theory has a rematch. Uh, and then LWO continued to uh, show up on the card because Lena Vega had a match against uh, the new reigning undisputed women's champion of SmackDown, EO Sky, uh, as Bailey made perfectly clear. Uh, because before EO Sky went out, Bailey made it clear that we are living in the EO Sky era. Which I thought was great because that just says that damage control is not fucking breaking up. All right. Together in solidarity. Yeah, I'm for it. Yeah. So your thoughts on EO Sky and Zelina Vega and uh and Bailey holding it down, man. And uh Dakota Kai just out there just <laughs> just being a fucking cheerleader, dog. I'm here for it. Get that paycheck, dog. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I'm here for it too. It's it's good stuff, and I always like to see 
Zelina get a little rub. I, you know, I've always been a big fan of her. I would love that. to see Zelina get a little rub, dog. <laughs> <laughs> Insert snare drum. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's um, no, it's it's good to see where everything has been going. Uh, I think, like you said, the WWE across the board has been doing better with booking the women lately. I think they were starting to fall off for a little while there. And we had even noted that a few weeks back. Um, so like you said, they're listening. Uh, it's good to see them getting more time and getting some bigger spots like that, where they're actually having their champions Agreed. fighting on a weekly basis. It might not Thank necessarily you. be a title match, but at least we're getting to see them perform. Um, I think that, uh, you know, the stigma of how Roman kind of conducts things has skewered a lot over the last six months or so because he doesn't fight every weekend. I think that it is not how it should be. It's not normal. And I think all of the champions should be featured in some capacity um, at least every other week performing in the ring, at least. Not like once a month or only at PLEs or whatever. Uh, they carry the title because they're in a higher position. They've uh, shown some kind of leadership potential and an ability to connect with the people. So they should be out there actually doing that. So it's good to see people getting matches with with the champion like that. And, you know, Zelina Vega can go inside the ring. And it's good to see her getting the opportunity to showcase that. Uh, first off, you're a hater. <laughs> Look, I'm dare. just saying. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. <laughs> Don't you dare. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. I'm just speaking facts. Roman Reigns, up until he had to take a leave of absence due to getting cancer, all right, he was on that damn TV every fucking week getting dog food poured on him. Yeah, he was. All right? He did for years and then Roman Reigns got sick and then got healthy and did some movies and came back and became a huge star so hey man I'm sorry my man damn near died to get this schedule right but <laughs> if you want the big dog woof woof yeah. he ain't coming outside every day buddy he ain't a fucking he ain't a young pup is an old bloodhound. You only take That's him out true. to hunt. You ain't, he ain't playing fetch with you. He nice. ain't going to play with the nah. kids. But when a burglar breaks in, he's going to let you know. That's, you know. that's why they got Heyman around, because Heyman keeps Roman relevant without him yes. even being there. <laughs> and I'm glad you said that, because the island of relevancy isn't Roman. It's actually the wise man. Because no matter who he is around, they are instantly relevant. Every person he has managed has been a champion, has been a standout, has been somebody we connected with, we remembered. So CM Punk, Roman, Brock, you know what I'm saying? A lot of people. You could argue a Curtis Axel. You, <laughs> Rob Van Dam, uh, you know, there's a lot of people. So... The Dudley boys, a lot of people, you know, if Paul Heyman's rocking with you, you know, you're probably probably a winner. You know, you're probably going to be something. 
you know, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin and, and Brian Pillman, you know, when they were a tag team, just saying, bro, the Wild Samoans, just saying, Paul, Paul Heyman is the island of relevancy. He's the island. ECW yeah. was relevant because of Heyman. He is the island of relevancy. He's the real you know? tribal chief. Huh? Hey, I'm, I'm just saying, that's the fucking mafia boss. That, that's, he, he said he's the Juso, though. <laughs> he said he's the, he's the original Juso. That shit was hilarious, man. Well, only he can say that. He can say that. That's his words, not mine. But um, yeah, that's what I think, man. But uh, I, so I, I agree with everything you said. I do love seeing champions and non title matches on fucking free TV. I can watch Zelina Vega and Neo Sky fight. Every day of the week. It's always going to be a good match. I'm not mad at that. I just want Lena Vega to turn heel like she used to be. When she was better. We're going to cheer for her, dude. Because now what they're doing, um, what was it? Either Corey Graves or Michael Cole, they started talking about her work on the indies, which they're, they, they, they do now, right? They start to acknowledge people's work on the indie circuit now, not just NXT, which is great. Right. Yes. L.A. Knight made that possible. Cody Rose made that possible. Daniel Bryan made that possible. You know, Sammy Uzain and K.O. made that possible. All those guys from fucking Ring of Honor. Goddamn Tyler Black, a.k.a. Seth freaking Rollins made that possible, dog. So now they can talk about the indie work. Um, so it's great. And so they're talking about, yeah, Lena Vega used to be the shit everywhere else and in NXT. OK, you're building her up. Thank you, right? But I don't want her built up as a fucking face. I need some heel heat, man. <laughs> because at the end of the day, you still need a good heel to fight Bianca Belair, right? We know that's coming. Unless they know. turn her and send her with Bobby Lashley. I mean, you know, they're listening, but I don't know if they're listening <laughs> that much. They're listening, <laughs> but I don't think they're listening that much. So we'll, we'll get into the Street Profits, right? But uh, EO Sky, Damage Control, I'm, I'm a fucking fan. I'm here for it. Selena Vega, I'll watch you fucking wrestle every goddamn day. Just stop doing this. Stop doing that. Stop doing that, all right? Um, Cody Rhodes comes out, does Cody Rhodes, right? Talks about Terry Funk calling his dad a, <laughs> a fucking egg-sucking dog in the airport. And this is all, like, true stuff. Like, this is real stuff. This, this is like WCW, NWA territory stories. And it's like, oh, man, that's awesome, right? Um, crowd <coughs> is into it. And then they say, okay, we're going to have a Terry Funk hardcore match. Brawling Brutes and the Street Profits, right? And so instantly, I'm thinking somebody is going through a table. Somebody getting hit with a chair. Uh, that didn't happen. That didn't happen. There was no tables, no chairs. They've been outside the ring, but there was nothing really hardcore about the match. It was a good match. And then Bobby Lashley got involved. So it was even better. Uh, and Lashley came out in the middle of the match. Crowd goes crazy. Oh, oh. <laughs> I like it. Because that means Bobby Lashley can now fuck up Roman Reigns like he was supposed to before Brock came back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, cool. Um, but I like it because Street Profits coming out in those 
their outfits look like this knockoff GameCube controller or or, or knockoff Switch controller. That's that's what uh, Montez Ford. This is Montez Ford, <laughs> and this is Angelo yeah. Dawkins, and these are the Street Profits coming out in those terrible fucking onesies that they got off Amazon. Uh, wrestling, <laughs> please change your color scheme. It looks like shit. They had such great outfits before. Yeah. And then they got this like powder blue shit, which, listen, those are my fucking high school colors. I love those colors, but it's not for not for like wrestling, not for not. For, they have like Argyle, dude. Like it looks yeah. just like Carlton designed their shit. It's <laughs> like Carlton Banks from Fresh Prince of Bel Air designed their fucking uh, attire right now. It's fucking. These guys had some dope shit before, and now they're coming out. Dressed like fucking uh, pool attendants at a fucking country club, but <laughs> street profits look great. Brawling brutes, uh, I, I'm not gonna lie, they beat the shit out of the motherfuckers for a good portion of the match. Uh, they're 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 letting uh, they're letting Butch be Butch, you know, uh, which is great. I I I yo bro, I don't like the other guy. I yeah, I've never liked Ridge Holland. They I just call him Ridge now, I think, right? Yeah, Ridge. They lost Ridge the his. Fridge. They lost his last name. Ridge the fridge. Ridge and Butch. It's like wrestling a fucking refrigerator. He's just in there, just like it. Just, it just looks like he's hurting people. I I didn't like him in in UK. I didn't like yeah. him in NXT. I don't like him now. And he broke Big E's neck on top of yeah. it. So they, maybe the stories like. about him being too like rough for rugby were true, and he's too rough for wrestling as well. Go be a bouncer somewhere, he's man. Just not, if you're gonna be rough like that, at least be good. Well, come, you know? to, come not, hey, listen, come to mixed martial arts, buddy. Come to mixed yeah. martial arts so I can talk about you on my other show. And listen, Bobby Lashley did it. Brock Lesnar did it. Batista did it too. He didn't do as good though. He got CM Punk did it. CM Punk did the worst. He got embarrassed <laughs> yeah. by yeah, by a fucking reporter, by a journalist. That's the worst part. Um, a shout out to Phil Brooks. He had a nice Terry Funk uh, try on AEW as well. Uh, shout out to AEW All In is uh, going to be huge. Broke records for uh, ticket sales. Um, LA Knight versus Finn Balor. I was not expecting this at all. This was the main event. That's how four matches, right? That was it. Four really fucking good matches. Uh, and then you got Bobby Lashley having history with the, with the Fiend, with Bray Wyatt. So it's like, yo, listen, it's all connected. They're doing this great fucking job. All the matches mean something. You know, Bailey's connected to Bray Wyatt from all the NXT days, that kind of stuff, man. So it's like everything everything makes sense, right? Um, LA Knight, Finn Balor. LA Knight hits the promo. Boom. Kills it. LA Knight, Finn Balor. I was not expecting this to be as great a match as it was going to be. This was like uh this was like this was like PLE type shit. Finn Balor is gonna fucking put a hole in somebody's chest eventually. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I love that guy. I love Finn Balor. He's a, he's fucking good. He's good. He's good. And they're they're making him look crazy right now. They're making him look fucking nuts. He's gonna hurt somebody in a good way. Like, not like I'm an unsafe guy, but yo. They're going to push Finn Balor. He's going to fuck something. Like he, he's getting a belt at some point. He's yeah. getting a belt. Him and Nak- Seth is going to take a, it's going to be him and Nakamura back and forth. And then Damian Priest got to get it from somebody, right? But Finn Balor is putting on great matches right now. Does some great shit by LA Knight. LA Knight jumps on the fucking top rope, suplexes him off, right? Fucking BFT, all this great shit, right? Great match. 
great promo. All this shit, right? Um, I'm just impressed. You know, I'm just impressed. Uh, your thoughts, your thoughts on the uh, on the match and the future of uh, L.A. Knight and the Miz at Payback. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, like I said, I, I I look forward to watching it definitely. Um, but I I didn't expect that either as a as a matchup to occur, but with Bray's history with Finn Balor and then his, you know, last beef being with LA Knight. Yeah, I think it was it was good, um, a good matchup for for what the cause was. You know? Yeah. And um, I do look forward to checking it out. I'm sure it was a, an amazing match. Oh, you gotta cut the promo, bro. The promo and then the match. Cause it's like I, um, I listen, bro. Like I'm, I'm, I'm all into the fucking psychology of wrestling and shit. And I'm like, yeah. yo, what's this guy thinking and what's he saying? And you listen to the shit that, uh, Bray Wyatt says. You know, all the promos he cuts. If you just, if if you just say, okay, I'm this ain't wrestling. This is just a man talking. It's all shit you can apply in life, or shit you go through, or shit you deal with, or shit you, you know, what I'm saying it's like it's not yeah. like. Uh, the Hulkamaniacs and eat your vitamins and say your prayers. No, 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 no. This is all like real life shit that you can apply to like capitalism, you know, or <laughs> yeah. or like your attitude at work, you know, or your relationship with family and friends, things like that, right? And in LA Knight cuts this promo and you know, weaves his uh experience with Bray Wyatt into it, and then weaves Bray Wyatt's promo uh into it after he cuts his promo, gets the, the pop from the crowd, uh and then the shit's over. And then he's like, oh, yeah. You, you see his brain fucking work. And he remembers the promo that Bray Wyatt cut on him. And he's like, and a wise man once told me, the next time you see me, run. And that was what fucking Bray Wyatt said to him uh, prior to their fucking uh, their, Mountain, their Mountain Dew pitch black match. Uh, yeah. And it's like the guy's a fucking student of the game, man. He's able to, you know improvise like that on the spot take this guy his legacy put it into yours and i mean just that right i mean just that right there we're, we're going to cheer for this guy even more you know because it's like this guy was the last guy that this guy was the last guy that that was it that was a swan song right so now we got to go back and revisit that match for what it was you know and what it could have been because it's like yo we were all excited for him to come back we were all excited for the, the Bobby Lashley shit. And then we didn't get it. And now we know why. And it's like, fuck, he was still able to give us this. The Muscle Man song, bro. <laughs> the fucking Muscle Man song. You see that shit? No. So fucking Bray Wyatt. I'll, oh my God. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to pull it up now, dude. And this is what's <laughs> this, I'm this is what's gonna get us uh clipped. But uh, I'll I'll pull it up. <laughs> yeah. We can do a separate one, um, and we can and we can react to it. No, we'll, we'll do so. I'll I'll stop the recording, and that'll be the end of the podcast. And we'll do a separate clip, and it'll be us reacting to the Muscle Man dance. This is fucking peak comedy, and this is why Bray Wyatt is so fucking good because he could be the fiend. Right. And he's the scariest motherfucker in the world. Right. Him and the Undertaker. Right. And it's like evil versus evil. 
who will win? <laughs> right. And then it's like him versus John Cena. And he does the firefight fun house and he does John Cena's career and, and it kills him. Right. And then he does Bobby Lashley and he, and he's just getting started. And you can tell this shit is Bobby is not happy. Not happy at all. Cause he's killing him, killing him Right. With these vignettes and these videos. And it's so fucking funny. And he cut this like workout video called the muscle man dance. And it is the funniest shit ever. And then like right after that, he got, he got sick again, you know, and then he got pulled from TV, but that I'm, I'm going to show it uh, on a separate one. And that shit was fucking hilarious, but I'm going to have to save it and then, uh, and then show it. So it's not like choppy and all like that, man, but it, it was hilarious. But uh, yeah. And so he was able to do like comedy, able to do the scariest shit ever, able to put people over, man. So yeah. And then the last guy I put over LA night, you know, uh, and then L.A. Knight being a super respectful Iron that man's legacy and then being able to weave that into the story. Hey, I respect it. And then now it's like the question is, well, you know, what do you do with uh, Bo Dallas? Does, does he come back? Because yeah. um, he he's under contract. He was back and then he went off TV to help uh, his brother, you know. And it's kind of like a Bret Hart, Owen Hart situation, you know, yeah. or, you know, uh, like – you know axe and hawk you know or, or any when when because it's not like the benoit situation because it's like all right where you know you got a, a wrestler in the contract and something like this happens it's like well the benoit thing was a little bit different you know like that's a crime um this is you know something where it's like damn man this guy had a connection and and you didn't see it coming and it's something that we all dealt with and we've all seen, we've all lost people from. And I think, you know, when you kind of get the the outcome and why they share it and they share it with people, it's like, that's kind of what makes it like human. Because everybody's like, oh, it's steroids, is this, is that. It's like, no, he got sick with the same shit we all got sick with, you yeah. know, same thing, you know. And it's kind of like the LeBron and Bronny situation, you know, people are like, oh, fucking Brownie was on steroids and it's like, no, he, he had a congenital heart defect, yeah. you know, same thing that Shaquille O'Neal's son had, you know, got found out the same way, right? Like you're an athlete at a super high level, but it's, it's in high school. So you're not being pushed. You're not being tested. And yeah. when you get to that next level, it's the next level of conditioning, you know, and that's when they find out things like that. I, I have friends that, you know, had came to Navy yeah. and when they went for like the sub physicals or the special duty screenings, that's when they found out they had a, a hole in their heart, you know, yeah. but they didn't get caught doing a normal checks because it's, it's a, it's something so small, you know, but it's something that would get worse over time when it's put under stress, you know? So it's, it's just like, yeah, man. So I, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, they, they, they put that out there. Cause it's like, look, it humanizes it. It shows that it's something that we've all dealt with. We're all dealing with still out there, you know, and, uh, and this guy's a, a person just like us, even though he was the scariest person in the ring uh, yeah. and, and brought the boogeyman back, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's like, there's no boogeyman anymore. And I know? think on, on the Bo Dallas note, I think it kind of depends how they choose to go about it if they do opt to still bring him back in and work with him because 
if they try to push it too much, it might be perceived in a way of, oh, they're just trying to use his brother to make an extra buck off of him now yeah. that he's gone. So I think they have to be very careful about how they approach it when they bring him back in, especially if they try to tie him back into the Bray situation in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. So I think that's something that we'll have to kind of keep an eye on in the weeks moving forward with what they decide to do if he even does want to try to come back. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's definitely a, a very good point because it's like the, the – the fans of the universe, they'll support it if it's organic. Yeah. You know, so whether it's like I'm coming back as a rotunda, I'm coming back as Dallas, I'm coming back as Uncle Howdy, as long as it's not like shoved down our throat and it can't be like next week, next month. But yeah. then it's like, how do you do it? Right? It's like, did the Undertaker go back to the dead man after Paul Bearer passed away? I don't know. I don't think he did. So it's uh, like when when do you like when do you let a when does a gimmick die right i think if they tried to bring him back and re try to research that gimmick and make him like another wyatt family leader i don't know if that's going to go over well if they try to do something like that if they just let him come back and be himself though like an authentic character i think that might work <laughs> yeah you just have to see what creative decides to do and if vince gets his hands all over it or not yeah well you know hopefully vince will be the heck out of here man so you know <laughs> and uh i'm actually pulling the, the muscle man dance clip up right now my yeah i can i got i got my download him i got i got that uh yeah yeah Got that YouTube premium, bro. That's the best shit ever, man. Best YouTube premium. Yes. Oh my God. I hate commercials. I hate commercials. I hate commercials. Um, I'm gonna say it one more time. I hate commercials, right? And YouTube premium allows you to download videos, watch them offline, put them on your crap or whatever. Um, yeah. And so I got the video downloaded, and so we can uh end the show now and then do a separate recording for the reaction to the muscle man dance video. So they don't freaking pull down my podcast. But um, before we leave today, uh, do you have anything you want to say to close the show out uh, or anything moving forward? Uh, I guess for me and, and kind of final thoughts with everything this week and a lot of the celebration of life stuff, uh, you know, also touch on a uh, RIP to Aaliyah. Her death day also was anniversary was yesterday, 22 years ago. So definitely a tough day yesterday for, for everyone in the entertainment industry in general, I think. But, you know, just wanted to definitely touch on that because she was definitely very near and dear to me. And I can I can remember that day. Like it was yeah. yesterday, you know. Wow, because that was before nine eleven. Yeah, that was right before nine. I remember that because she was going to she was coming back from shooting the Rock the Boat music video. I remember MTV being on set because they were doing a behind the scenes thing, and that's why they had all that fucking footage. Yeah. And the plane was overloaded, and uh, the pilot was on drugs as well, some other weird shit. But I, I, bro, I remember that shit because it was right before nine eleven, dog. Yeah, and that was they- the wildest shit ever. That was like the week before 9-11. That was yeah, right before 9-11. Yeah. 
Yeah. Bro, that I started, it was like oh my god, bro. Yeah, and I was like, it was it was unbelievable. And that's why I didn't believe that's why I didn't believe 9-11 in the first plane hit. I was like, Aaliyah just died. That's what I yeah. thought. I was like, Aaliyah just died in a plane crash. What the fuck? And the plane crazy, hit. Dude. Yeah, and then I'm sitting in the in fucking in a mess decks on the barge and shit, trying to warm a couple noodles up and then fucking <laughs> playing in the towers and shit, bro. That's that's yeah. E2 type shit right there, man. Just Eating a couple noodles, just thinking shit yeah, was sweet, in, and then under I attack. Seven, I was in seventh, eight, eighth grade. I was in eighth grade. <laughs> wow, dude, I'm old as hell. Holy shit! But no, I remember it like it was yesterday, man. It's yeah. crazy. It's it's always yeah. a rough day for me every year. So tying that in with the whole uh, celebration of life while on SmackDown last night. Was, yeah, rest in peace, Leah. Super talented, man. Oh my, bro, you. <laughs> Yo, I was just singing uh if at first you don't succeed, dust yourself off and try again. That song is so fucking dope. Yeah, Timberland, yeah. great producer, legend, right? But that song from the uh Romeo Must Die soundtrack. That song is so fire, bro. That and then more than a woman. This is not the Aaliyah podcast, but it's about to be now. Oh, that she got more than a woman. So many good songs. Bro, more than a woman, such a dope song. It's Four such page a dope letter. song. Four, Four page, page letters, letter. super dope song. Uh, oh my god! You got uh, so many. If your girl only knew, so many. Aaliyah has, Aaliyah got some hits, bro. Aaliyah got some hits, man. Aaliyah got rest in peace, Aaliyah, freaking legend. She got some hits, bro. You know, somebody go jam, I'm to go smoke and listen to Aaliyah now, bro. <laughs> you know, somebody listen, better not be no forty year old women out for a walk. Don't be walking no damn Sharpays, no little doggies today, because I'm gonna have that Aaliyah in the headphones, and you might get got. Yeah, you know I'm saying I might, I'm, listen. I might eat some of that Terry Funk mojo, some of that cowboy magic. You know what I'm saying? You never know. <laughs> you know, shit. But um, yeah. So for me, man, just uh, it's been a wild summer, man. Like my car just got finished, bro. It's fixed, right? And the insurance company caught up on the paperwork. I had to like go on Twitter, and 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 like at Progressive, on some sucker shit to get my shit fixed and it got fixed instantly bro by snitching so <laughs> snitching works shout out to six nine everybody shout out to gunner everybody that's ever cooperated with the with, with the state shout out to everybody snitching bro because i had to snitch on progressive to get my fucking car situation fixed so i had to go on the the app formerly known as twitter x elon is truly making that shit terrible but um i had to go on twitter and say at progressive yo Y'all fucking me right now. And they hit me back in like two minutes. Got somebody <laughs> on my case. Got my shit paid for. But by the time it was paid for, the shop was closed. So I can't even get the car till Monday. So I've been without a car the whole summer. Ain't get to travel. Supposed to be in North Carolina. Going to my brother's uh retirement party and shit. So the car was supposed to be done this week. Not happening, right? I buy a fucking train ticket. Last last night to leave at 7.15, bro. I call an Uber at 5.30, 5.40 p.m., right? Uber cancels. Call another Uber. Uber cancels. Bro, I'm calling Ubers. <laughs> and then I ain't going to make it. Three Ubers cancel, and then it's like 6.30. Train leave at 7.15. I'm 45 minutes away. Lifts cancel, all this shit. So I'm telling my brother, like, yo, bro. Shit ain't happening. He already gave me the pep talk like, yo, you can't miss this. You got to come down on Be Heard if you miss it and shit like that. Because I was already not going to go because my car wasn't ready and some other shit happened, which whereas I couldn't, you know, the first time I tried to buy a ticket, that shit got fucked up. 
And so I'm like, fuck, it ain't supposed to happen, bro. And then last minute, I'm calling Uber and Lyft, bro. Shit's getting yeah. canceled. And then I can't go to that shit, bro. So they all down there having fun, drinking and partying and shit. And I'm up here doing a podcast about wrestling. But I'm able to talk about something I love with people I fucking love. You know what I'm saying? So it's all good. Uh, so, yeah, that shit sucks. But, uh, you know, patience. I've learned this, you know, summer to be patient, man, because I've been on my ass the whole summer. No car. I've probably driven like four times this whole summer, you know. And, uh, yeah, I'll probably wait till Thursday to get my car. To my daughter, because I want to drive like with my daughter in the car. I ain't driven in like you know months and shit. So yeah, I'll wait till my daughter's with her mom on third on Wednesday, Wednesday night. I'll pick my car up Thursday, get the shit back, you know, drive for a little bit before I put her in that motherfucker. And then I and I and I can go see him the next weekend. I can literally go down. I can drive to North Carolina and see my brother next Saturday. Yeah, you know. So it's like yeah, it fucking sucks, but you know, just be patient. But uh, yeah, man, that's it. And uh, I think. We got fucking green screen. We got mics. We got headphones. We got shit working. We almost had everybody today. You know, parenting never stops. I almost called y'all motherfuckers and was like, yo, I wasn't going to be able to do the podcast today because I was going to be on the fucking, I was going to be barbecuing and shit. But, yeah. you know, y'all, y'all, y'all. Hey, the day, the day is still young. The day is still young. No, I'm about to, I'm about to go walk to the dispensary and uh, pick up something and then go buy uh, some, some uh, pastries. From the bakery down the street <laughs> and then walk back home. Sounds then, like a uh, fun trip. Yeah. And then play some video games. So I'm all about retro gaming now. But uh all right, so I gotta end this shit and uh <laughs> I gotta end this and then we'll react to the video. And so in closing, uh I would like to uh close out with a song uh that goes out to uh not only all wrestlers, uh all cowboys i think anybody that's ever had something that they love man that can consume you you know uh this is by uh it's a it's a it's a it's a reworking of a classic johnny cash song but this is by eric burden and the animals this is ring of fire and this is how we're going to end the show man Everybody out there. Love is a burning thing and it makes a fire ring. I fell in to your ring of fire.